0: your life. Faith is who you are, it's how you live. Down here on the earth, we we live by breathing air, we live by drinking water, we live by eating food. We live by several things in this kingdom, but now that you're born again, you put on all those things and now you have a new empowerment, a new sense of who you are and you do things that you never could do because you are a water walker and you live by faith. Point yourself with me and say, I am living by faith. That's what we are. So Jesus said in John chapter 8, a very powerful verse. I hope you have it circled, a little star by it. In verse 30, he said, uh, excuse me, verse 31, Jesus said to the Jews which believed on him, so they weren't critics. They were in with him. He said, if you continue in my word, If you continue, not just a one-shot deal, not once that you read it and you said, that's nice. But if you continue in my word, then and only then are ye my disciples indeed. How many disciples in the room continuing in his word? And so then he went on verse 32 and he said, as you continue in my word, as you follow through on being a disciple, not a here, here one time and somewhere else the next time, a disciple, you're a consistent learner. You're putting in the word. You're following the Lord Jesus. He said this will happen. This will be the result. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth that you know will make you free. We have several things we've looked at here, but one of them being is, is if you don't know the truth, you're not free. You're bound in your money. You're bound in your body. You're bound in who you're going to marry. You're bound in who you're going to go in business with. You're bound in your, where you're going to live. Oh, that place is good enough. Well, might be, might not be, might be, might be lots of trouble coming to that house. You've got to know what car to buy. You've got to know the truth in order to be free. And if you're not knowing the truth, if you're not a disciple, if you're not continuing his word, then your future is iffy. Your future has is, is got things in it that, that are undesirable. And I have found in my life that it takes a lot of your life to do things wrong and then back out of them, reload, and then go do them right. It's mistakes that cause us to live a very limited life, not get much done, not make progress. How come we're not all uh, got a financial uh, put together? How come we're not all well, all paid off, debt free? It's because we entered into stuff without knowing the truth, engaged it, it encumbered us, it chained us, it locked us up, we endeavored to get free, we struggled with it, but we finally got free, but time has passed in that little endeavor, and some stuff never never goes away. You just live above it best you can. Um, if, you know, if you kill somebody and they send you to jail, but you get free in the, in the Lord, you're free inside, but you still may have a sentence. You may still have some jail time. You can have a jail ministry, but it's not what God planned for you from the beginning. Amen? So you've got to know the truth. And to know the truth, the way the truth is here, is that you know it until you do it. Nobody is a believer in anything until you do it. Doing is the proof of believing. Acknowledging is not the proof of believing because I know a lot of things that I'm not doing. I want to do them. I mean, I'm on the path. I'm on the track, but they're not on every time reality. I'm narrowing the gap. How about you? Less and less do I go down the wrong track. Less and less do I make wrong decisions. Less and less do I think about me instead of thinking about the kingdom which always has me. If I put the kingdom first, Jesus said, if I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things that I could seek, that I need, the Bible says if you'll seek the kingdom first, these things will be added to you. What things? The things that the Gentiles need, regular stuff, a car, a house. Everything you need is in the kingdom, but you have to pursue the kingdom instead of the things. If you pursue the the things, you'll have neither the kingdom nor the things. Jesus said you can't serve God and things. You can't serve them. So whatever's in your thought life, whatever's in your, your, uh, your, your processes, whatever you're thinking about, that's what you're in pursuit of. That's what we're after. That's what we're, what we're really trying to get our life from point A to point B. And if that's not uh, Jesus, if it's just like, I, I ain't got time for Jesus. I got things to get. Well, we all do. We all have a story about things. We all need things. Everybody does, but the way to get them is so different than the way the world pursues them. Uh, the Lord told Solomon, remember that one time, he said, uh, he said, Solomon, he said, I like you real good, big boy, I like you a lot. What I'm going to give you anything you ask for. And Solomon said, Lord, I want wisdom to rule your kingdom. And the Lord said, because you ask for things not for yourself, you ask for my kingdom, he said, "I'm not only going to give you wisdom to rule my kingdom, but I'm going to put uh, honor in your right, honor and long life in your right hand, and wealth and riches in your left hand." He got the whole thing. So we have to choose, don't we? We have to pursue on the path, and to do that, you have to know the truth. You have to completely, uh, com- constantly put in the truth, because there's other other input. Constantly flooding your life, always there's the lust of the flesh, the pride of the life, the pride of the world, and so that stuff's always coming in, saying, "Pick me, pick me, choose me." Am I right? It's always there because we have good and acute and sensitive senses that uh, take in this information and tell us, "You need me. Your 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 life would be better if you had me." But Jesus said, "If you'll be a disciple and continue in my truth." then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It'll empower you, and it'll supply you. And we, But it's a process, because we weren't born that way. Our parents probably were not that way. Our friends are not that way, and so we kind of stand alone until we come together and we all get up back on the same page. That's why we have to go to church. That's why we have to read the Word, because a long period of time will make you where you can I've seen people many times that, uh, oh, Pastor, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm all about church. I'm all about the Word. But then they go, say, like on vacation, and they're gone. I'll be there next Sunday. But they come back, and a kid's sick. So they miss that one. And the next week, the water pumps out on the car. And then they miss one, and they're back, and, and you know, you know, you know. And all of a sudden, they're backslid. It's like, what happened? You can't go that long. You have to constantly have a flood or a washing of the water of the Word in your life to keep you strong because this body has influence. I said this soul has influence, and it'll try to war. The Word says it'll war against the inner man that you are. So we constantly, Jesus said, constantly have to put the Word in. And we talked about last week and the week before that, if you're, that, that the truth is the dividing line in your life. If you don't pursue the truth, then it'll divide you into struggle. Lack, sickness, pain. You're, that's the world that you're in. If, you, if That's the world we default to if we don't come up higher and opt out of it. If we don't get under the umbrella of the kingdom of God, then we are exposed just like sinners. Now we're going to heaven. I said we're going to heaven. The end of this is as our spirit man. It's not touched by all this, so it's going to heaven. But you live like hell on earth. You just you, you look at sinners. They're not going to church. They're not giving. They're not doing nothing. We didn't take the offering. <laughs> it's not too late. We will. We will return to that. But but let's let's preach on this. Let's teach on this. Let's let's get our lives aligned. Let's it, it's not re- you and I are loved by God. Nothing you can do will make God love you more. Nothing you can do will make God love you less. You, you are not loved because you're good or bad or mediocre. You're loved because of the blood of Jesus, and he is really, really moved by that. So you can't mess up. You cannot mess up, and God say, you know, I've had enough of this. You are old Billy to me. I, I'm going to pass on this. It's not the way it is. He looked, for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. So there we are. He gave Jesus for all the world. So we just receive him and start walking in it at our speed. Whatever speed you want to go. You want to grow fast. You want to grow exponentially. You started way back at the line. You're 50 years old and you don't know anything, but you you want to catch up. Just get in and become a disciple. Get the truth in. And the truth will set you free. It doesn't take long if you're hungry. But if you're not hungry, it takes all your life. And at the end of it, you go, you know, I didn't get much out of that. It's up to us. It's not up to God. God's got a plan, just like you have a plan for your children. But they can disappoint you, can't they? They can blow that thing right up, or they can get right in there. So that's that's the truth. So the desire and the pursuit of truth is the beginning of freedom. It's not that you know something. It's that you want to know something. Because as soon as you know something, there's something behind that door that you need That'll set you free in that area. And then you get that thing in your life and you go, I'm, I'm, I am got it, I'm done. No, there's so, we don't even know how free we could be because we don't know how bound we have been until we get free in one area. And then it opens a door, it opens a room, it opens a place where you go, I didn't even know I was bound in that area. I didn't even know I didn't have what I needed. I thought it was good enough. I thought I, I was living above and I wasn't living above at all. I had the best cot under the bridge. Amen. So it's, it's never-ending. And I'll tell you, truth makes you strong. It takes the fear factor out of your life. You're not afraid when you've got the truth inside. You may not be following it perfectly. You may not be getting it right every time, but you're on track. If you're on track and if you're moving, if you're moving towards truth, stuff can't stick to you. Stuff, stuff tries, and you, we have to battle it. We have to, we have to work on getting that out of our life until we get up to speed where it's a natural thing, where it's an inherent thing. But pursuit, you got to want it. You can't have somebody badgering you saying, well, you ought to read your Bible. If you don't want to read your Bible, it's not going to work for you anyway. you got to have something inside. If you don't want to go to church, well, you know, we read that thing Wednesday night that said, when you don't want to do something, any excuse will work. It doesn't matter. You know, you can just say, well, my car broke down or I don't feel good or the dog's barking too. You, anything. But when you when you're hungry, then nothing stops you. I hadn't missed church but one time in 38 years. And when I missed that time, I was sicker than a dog. However sick that was, I was. And Debbie looked at me and said, weenie. (laughs) I mean, I was throwing it up and I was all over the place. She said, ah, you are such a wimp. That was one time in 30 whatever years. You just make your mind up. I'm eating every day. I'm breathing every day. My heart's beating every day. And I'm going to church every day. Every time. Every time we go to church on Sunday night with Pastor uh, Moss down here, we we go to Jimison. We, we we I like to be in church; it helps me. Well, that God's going to mark it off. You know, here he was present. It does not mean a thing. You can sleep through church and be present. Amen. So I have found, and the Word backs it up, that meditating truth, not just hearing it. Okay, yeah. I've asked many of people, saying, you know, they said, yeah, I went to church this morning. I said, well, what did he preach on? Hmm. Hmm. And just, you know, and you never, they never can remember it. So that's, that's worthless, isn't it? If you can't get home, you're not going to sleep in your own bed. If you can't find your home, you know, if you just wander around town all day. So uh, we have to activate, we have to meditate truth. We have to take a nugget, just one scripture, perhaps. Maybe you read a chapter every day. I hope you do. And uh, you get that chapter, and it just works around in your heart all day long. And it starts dissolving things that are against the truth. It just starts coming up against them and uh, uh, just starts working on them until all of a sudden you see through them. And then when something comes by into your life saying, pick me, pick me, it's a job, it works on Sunday. Ah, I sure need that good job, works on Sunday. I won't be able to go to church, but I'm sure the Lord understands. He does not understand. I'm not picking on anybody, I hope, this morning, but I'm just telling you for an example. You've got to be able to see through that and say, no, God wouldn't send that job to me. This is a counterfeit trying to pose as the will of God, saying a little better wage is the way that God's going. God's money is no big deal to God. There is money everywhere in God. He's got so many ways to take you money, bring you money, but you've got to get it right in here. You've got to be a lover of truth instead of a lover of things. Praise God. Well, turn with me to James chapter 1, would you? Book of James. Now, here's where we're going to do something. Uh, I I kind of went there too soon, but uh, let's talk about faith for a moment. We all know that faith's important. We have a little sign up here that says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, We know that in verse 6 of that same chapter that that uh, signs on, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You can't do the will of God. You can't enter into God. And God is not interested in anything you and I do that's apart from faith, that's outside of faith. Well, Lord, look what I did. I helped three old ladies across the street today. It just doesn't mean a thing to him. What means things to God is when he tells you what to do, whether in this or in a still small voice, whispers inside, and you say, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, and you go, you start pursuing to doing that. That's what impresses God, is a will or a, a heart to do what God wants. I, I like what, I'm, my life right now, I'm falling in love with God. what God likes. And I'm, I'm X'ing off things that he doesn't like. You go, well, that's everybody. That's hardly Anybody. We got a laundry list of things that, that God doesn't like, but we got like, I, he understands that I need this and I, you know, he doesn't understand, but he, he loves us so much, he, he's just going to like a kid that, that draws his favorite sign or, or creation on the, on the bedroom wall, you know, with crayons. You, you hate that, but you love the kid. Well, God hates that, but he loves the kid. And someday we're going to grow out of that. Although I know some 50-year-olds that are still coloring on the wall. Hallelujah, so to speak. But uh, so faith, listen, listen, I, I skipped this, but faith is simply the process of agreeing with God. So there's things that got to come out of here. Do y'all have things in here that, that are not agreeing with God? Sure you do. Don't don't tell a story. Don't don't mess up here and say, not me we'll cast it out of you right here, right now. <laughs> no, faith is the process. There's a process of agreeing with God. So stuff's got to come out of here. There's, there's something in my truth bucket that's not true, but I'm wagging it around and living out of it like it is true, but it's not true. Healing passed away. That's, that's not agreeing with God. You can make an argument for it. You can talk to about people that, that believed God and this, that, and the other, and didn't get healed and or died. And you can say, see, 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 but but that's not in the word. That's not in here. That's not New Testament. You can talk about people in the Old Testament, but Jesus is the dividing line between the old and the new. You can't say Old Testament's my life, because Jesus intervened or, or changed everything. And it's different now than the Old Testament. We use the old for historical and for principles, but you can't ever ride the Old Testament instead of the new because Jesus is in the new. And he's the, he's the factor. The Jews don't have Jesus. They live out of the old. They have a very limited life and they do not go to heaven. And God's going to deal with them in a way because he loves them. But I'm telling you, you got the New Testament's where we live. So healing is me agreeing with God. No matter how I feel, how, no matter how many times I prayed, no matter how many times I got in line and they laid hands on me and nothing seemingly happened, I have to agree with God that by his stripes I was healed. You go, well, I don't know about that. Well, then, then there's something in your truth bucket that's not true. And you got to get it out, and it's a process. You don't just go in there and just crane it out and then put something in. It's, it's a process. It's got to be put. you got to take stuff out by meditating the Word, being around somebody that's got truth, listening to people, being with people that are, that are Godward. You, gotta, you, you work it out. Then, in that same process, you work the truth in. I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Greater is he that is in me than He's in the world. Are we there? The Word says in 1 John that uh, as he is, get this, speaking of Jesus, as he is, so are we in this world. Now, that's a strainer. That'll that'll get your mind a little warpy when you think that we're just like Jesus in this world. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave. So Jesus was the firstborn. Excuse me, he's the only begotten son until you and I got born again. Now he's the firstborn among many brethren. He's not the only begotten son. He's not the only begotten. He was, but he's not anymore because I'm a son. Are you a son and daughter? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. We are. So he's not the only begotten son. He's the firstborn. See, you got to have that in you. You got to, oh, it's just Jesus. I'm just a worm. You got to evict that. You got to kick that out, boot. Cuz you got stuff. We got the name of Jesus. We got Holy Ghost. He said in John, we looked at it last week, uh, John 12, where he said, "The works I do, will you do?" Yay, that's powerful. And then he said, "And greater works than I do, will you do, because I go to the Father." With the implication, Holy Ghost will come. Wow. That makes you be able to do some stuff. We're not waiting on heaven to get powerful. We're waiting on revelation to know who we are. So here it is. Now, here's the, here's the point of this message. Faith is a conflict that must be settled in your life. It's an everyday conflict. You've got to settle the, the conflict. Well, the Bible says, and, and Lisa quoted it, uh, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich... Yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty, what, 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 might be made rich. Well, you can pull both pockets out and pull your purse out and empty it up and you go, there's no rich here. There's a conflict between what the Word says about you and what the reality of your day is. But your day is lying. Your billfold, your checking account is lying. It is not telling the truth. Because we don't know the truth that sets us free, the truth sets you free. But we believe, well, I just have a little job, and we don't make much, and you know, and I don't get this, and my my brother-in-law got my social security, all the stuff that we all say. The reason that we don't, that we aren't rich, but it's none of it true. It's all fact, but it's not the truth. You ever believed a lie? Somebody told you, yeah, I'll, I'll be back with you with your $100 uh, tomorrow. <laughs> you never saw him again. You believe the lie. We're all, we've all believed lies because this is the truth. I said this is the truth. Your experience is not the truth. It might be a testimony or a, an account or a historical reference to something that truly happened, but it is not the truth for your life. So we're working stuff out so we can work stuff in and you're better. You're grown up. You're, you're, it's, it, you've improved from last year. Well, it wasn't because God said, you know, it's about time for them to get a promotion. It had nothing to do with God. It had everything with you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith arises or is awakened by hearing and what? Hearing by the Word of God. The God kind of faith comes from hearing the God Word. The Word of God brings the God kind of faith. So instantly, if you read this with a heart to meditation, with a heart to learn, with a heart to get it in, to know the truth, when you do that, listen, listen, this is really important, immediately you're in faith. Well, I just have to go through life and do the best I can, and when trouble comes, we just, we just fortify and get, do the best we can. No, when you meditate the Word, you are instantly in faith. And there is no other way to get the God kind of faith in except to meditate the God kind of. Now, you can, get the, you can get the world kind of faith that says uh, uh, it's a dog-eat-dog dog world. Get all you can, can all you get, and then sit on the can. The early bird gets the worm. That's the world kind of faith. Get up, work hard, and work all day, and save hard, and, and budget, and, and, and maybe at the end you'll have something. That's the worldly wisdom that's in this world. And you, it's true. You can, you can 401K and bank it and what all. They find people all the time that died that were, was a janitor, and uh, they get into his affairs, and he had $2 million because he never spent anything on anybody. Everybody thought he was broke, but he, <laughs> he had more money than anybody. That's the worldly truth, and it comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the world. But if you want the God kind of faith that says, say to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have, what? Whatsoever he saith. Not what God wanteth, but what he saith. To have that in you, a boldness to speak to the mountain, you've got to put in the word of God. The God kind of faith requires the God kind of word. So as soon as you meditate the word for any length of time, instantly faith comes into your heart. It's not perceptible. It's not like you felt it and you go, oh, like my, like my telephone battery, up to 22%. Ooh, put it on the charger, get it up to 50%. It's not like that where you can perceive it or you can measure it. But when you go and find a mountain that's got to go, suddenly you got gas in your tank and you'll stand. How come some people speak to mountains and some people don't? They put this in. They're around it. They're around people that put this in. They hear testimonies. Why do we give these testimonies? Because faith comes by hearing testimonies. Testimonies say this. Testimonies say this one thing. God wants to do it again. When you hear somebody got healed of a brain tumor, God said, I did it, and I'll do it again. Anybody got a brain tumor? No brain tumor? But you got a little thing in your kidney? You got a little thing in your your backbone? You got a little thing? God will do it again. He's no respecter of persons. That's why we give testimonies almost every Sunday. It's just because we hear, we hear, I want to put things in front of you for an hour and a half that make you go out here going, I got some stuff. I got some stuff. Bring it, devil, bring it. You go home and work on stuff that's been working on you. Uh, but it's a It's a conflict. Every day is a conflict. Every day you get up and you go to work because you need to go to work. You, you need to replenish your account because you wrote the rent check and you wrote the Alabama power check. Or if you're in Columbus, you wrote it to somebody else. You know, whatever, whatever. We all wrote checks, so we got to go to work. But the truth is, that's the fact that you got to go to work, but the truth is, the truth is, the, from the Word, this is going to be a little hard on you maybe. We don't live by our, ch- our wages, our work. We live by our giving you got to live on your giving. You sow your seed, and he gives men, start giving to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. He supplies all of our need according to his riches and glory. That scripture in Philippians follows an account where the church at Philippi had given in to Paul when nobody else was giving. They sent support, and Paul said, my God shall supply. He didn't say, you know, I know of a construction company you could go to work for this afternoon. But you've got to get that in. You've got to get stuff in. And before you can get stuff in, you've got to get some stuff out. You've got to be willing to let everything in your head be touched. Everything's on the table. That's not the Word of God. Everything. I told you all the story about someone that came in here that was, that was members of the church and that was giving a great sum of money every month and knew it and, and knew I knew it. And so they touched us one time. They said, "If you don't change what you're preaching, we're gone." And so, like Brother Hagen said, like Kenneth Hagin, uh, Pastor Hagen said, "EXIT! <laughs> don't let the door hit you too hard on the way out." We just said that it never was a it never was an issue. It never was a a, a discussion. It was never a, a we live by truth. Amen. So uh, you have to you have to convert. Now, here's something I want to tell you. You cannot live an abundant life with a foot in two worlds. This is a common thing about Christians. I'll have a little faith, and then I'll have a little blessing. I don't need all that prosperity. I don't need that rich business. I just need a little help. So I'll get me a little dab of faith. I'll get me a little dab of church. I'll get me a little dab of word, and I'll have a little dab of blessing. But it's not that way. I got you in James, do I? All right, well, I'm going there. And we're going to read what the truth says about that very thing. He says in chapter 1, and we're going to go down to uh, uh, verse uh, 6. Let's go to 6. So we're in a discourse here. It's about wisdom, but he says, let him ask in faith. Now, this particular verse is talking about wisdom, but it's asking about lacking something and needing something and getting something. So we're asking for whatever we're asking for, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Point to yourself with me and say, don't waver. He said, if you're going to ask, don't waver. What does that mean? Well, he explains it. He that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Now, here it is, verse 7. Let not that man, what man is it? The man that wavereth, the man that that is between two decisions, between two convictions. Let not that man think he shall receive how much? Anything. So it's, it's not a little, I'll go to church a little bit and God will bless me a little bit or I'll, I'll read my Sunday school verse and he'll bless me a Sunday school v- verse's worth. When you waver, when you stagger between, you get nothing. You're exactly like the world because the world is thinking, I ought to do better. But they don't. You know what they say. The road to you know where is paved with good intentions. Things we want to do, things we would like to do, mean to do, but we don't do. He said, You can't have anything until you're all in. Point to yourself and say, Get all, Get all in. Get all in. Get all in. It's not that you have to know everything. It's not that you have to do everything. It's not like you got to be perfect, but you got to have a pursuit. You got to have a pursuit. They that thirst, Jesus said, Blessed are they that thirst and hunger for righteousness. For they, who? Not they that got it all, not they that know it all, not they that had that, that done it right, they that thirst and hunger for righteousness. They shall be satisfied and fulfilled. It'll work for you in pursuit. But you've got to get all in. You've got to turn the world off and say, Goodbye. I'm not going I'm not I'm not going to consider you. I may mess up, I may not understand, I may jump in and do something and get me a Sunday job or get me a, a you know job at the liquor store or or get a you know whatever people do that's it just it isn't going to work. God didn't send it. Did he? You can you, I could never own a convenience store cuz you got to sell cigarettes and beer. And I just you know I just never could do that. I don't even mow my grass on Sunday. And you go, that's weird. Well, it didn't used to be weird. I mean, I used to mow my grass a long time ago, but then Holy Spirit convicted me and said, we're not doing that anymore. I don't, I don't tell you not to do it. Mow it, mow it, it needs mowing. You, 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 sorry, slug, it's 18 inches tall. Get that thing mowed. But for me, I don't mow my grass on Sunday. I just don't want the witness of it. But it, 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 that's my deal, not your deal. But this is our deal. If it's in here, and it doesn't say don't mow your grass on Sunday, but if it's in here, it's our deal. You go, well, I don't believe that. Well, the the dividing line is, how's it working for you? How's it working for you? You you can argue your point. I I believe healing passed away. You can argue point, you know, you're, you're sick and you're carrying on and you never get well and you're always under it. And we're not. We do fall occasionally. We do get under stuff. We do have to wrestle with things that we don't like, and we always have to look back and say, I had to go to the doctor. I had to get a little pill and this, that, and the other. But I learned in that. I, God didn't send it to teach me, but in the, in the having of it, I learned, and, I, and I'm not doing that again. I, stuff went out so stuff could come in. I thought I was good, but apparently I wasn't good. How do I know that? Because it came in. It got a hold of me. I said, well, I'm measuring this. I thought I was good, but I'm not. So why, you tighten up. Point yourself with me and say, tighten up. Come on, tighten up. we got to tighten up. So he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed. Let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. Now look in verse 8. You're right there. Let's just look at it. Here it says, a double might.' Let's read it together. Verse 8, read it with me. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. you got to tighten up. you got to get on track. A railroad engine is an amazing thing. It can pull gazillions of tons of stuff clear across the country for $1.99 of diesel or something. You know, it's just an amazing machine. But if it puts one wheel off the track, every track... For 28 days, we'll pass it and get to the West Coast first. Because it's got to stay on track. If it, doesn't, if it doesn't stay on track, it is worthless. It's it's derailed. It's useless. It's nothing. It's the best of times and the worst of times. Got to stay on track. We got to stay on track. On track. God. So here's, here's where we're going next. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 4. Ah, it's just... I got lots of time. Hallelujah. Y'all need this. I need this. You know, here's the truth. I don't know if y'all know this or not, but when I preach, I hear me, and I tighten up. This message isn't for you. It's for me, but somehow, in teaching me, y'all get something sometimes. This is for me. All these messages, I get strong when I teach on healing. When I talk about money and prosperity and the truth of the word, I get strong inside. Amen. When you share with someone like Lisa did, you get strong. The people in a church that know more than anybody are the ones that go to children's church or in other settings, a a Sunday school class. But they're having to break this down, and, 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 you know, everybody thinks they know how everything works, but when you say, would you stand up here? Uh, I know I didn't tell you, but just stand up here and tell us why, about the covenant of healing. Stand up here and tell us about the Trinity. Well, we all know about it, but we don't necessarily know it. But when we teach it, wow, we got to get it nailed down. That's why we're teaching spirit, soul, and body on Wednesday, is to get it in. You go, you know, I've heard it so many times, I'm about to throw up or whatever. Yay. Get it in so you can be worth something when somebody needs that in their life. You'll be so strong. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, look in verse 18. It says, well, we'll go to verse 17. For our light affliction, we've looked at this a hundred times, pressure, just pressure, adversity, that gnawing thing, that gnat that or that fly that's buzzing around you, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, doesn't last long, works for us a far more, ex- an exceed, more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Here He's saying here God doesn't send trouble, but trouble's in the world. Trouble's in the world. Jesus said the curse is in the world. He said when you win over the trouble in the world, you're stronger. You're stronger. I hate this. Well, I do too. I hate those things. But when you whip them, put them in their place and stand above them, you're stronger. You can't face what you're facing right now, River Church, except that you faced other stuff of a lesser nature that you won. You cast down imaginations and every thought that, uh, that, uh, uh, you cast down thoughts anyway. (laughs) every imagination and every thought that is disobedient to Christ. So we cast those down and, find, and we do it until we get, ta- we get strong. It's not one and done. You've you, you got to put this stuff in. So verse 18 says, while we look not, the word look there is take aim, while we take aim not at the things which are seen, here's the contradiction of faith, here's what you have to win at, the contradiction is, is that things which are seen, But we look, we take aim at the things which are not seen. There's a contradiction there. There's two things going on. What the word says and what you feel, what you see, what you uh, have in your head. Those things are going on simultaneously. He says, by his stripes you are healed, but it hurts like thunder. The doctor said, I had not seen this in a while. Woo, you need help. But the word says you're healed. There's a contradiction there. And it's rims. It's two rims. It's the unseen rim of the word, the truth, and the seen rim, the felt rim, the the reality of this flesh body. And you have to you have to deal with that. You can't just bail every time. Well, I don't feel like getting in faith about it. You never will. We never will. If it's worth if it's worth winning at, it's going to be unhandy, <laughs> inconvenient to because when you the way to deal with sickness is when you're sick. Nobody wants to throw it off. They don't feel like throwing it off. But that's how you win. I know you know that. Hallelujah. So you have to master. I must master the contradiction. Point with me to yourself and say, master the contradiction. That's what you do every day. Now, here's where I want to take on some new ground just for a moment. Uh, Romans chapter 4. This is going to help us. This is going to help you. It's going to just stir you up. You already know all this. Everybody in here knows all this. I know you do. I don't. I'm not here to bore you. I'm not here to take a, a a punt on a on a lesson that that everybody knows. But faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Not by having heard. So we have to hear it over. Is that right? You got to hear it over and over. You got to stir it again. Everybody that starts a fire in the fireplace knows that starting it's not not the end of it. It's the beginning. Every 15 minutes or so, you got to take a rod and go in there and poke it. And then and all of a sudden it starts flaming up and burning. If you just, if you never poke it, that thing will, it'll die unburned. You got to stoke it. You got to throw something in there and say, you need some air. You need some turning. Well, that's the way your faith is. No difference. You got to stir it up. That's why we come to church. And if we go to church where there's just, uh, you know, where the preacher's just preaching about you, sorry, no good, you, you, y'all are sorry, and the world is sorry, and quit sinning, and do right, and do good, amen, and then they go. what's that do? That doesn't do anything. That doesn't do anything. We all know when we're sinning. We all know when it's not right. We all know when we're not on the high side. And having someone tell us you ought to do good, we know we ought to do good. I know I ought to do good. And sometimes I don't. Mostly I do, but sometimes I don't. There's a lazy little thing that comes out of the flesh that says, let's just sit here a little longer. Let's watch Gunsmoke instead of reading Romans. Am I telling the truth? This bed feels so good on Sunday morning. Has your bed ever felt as good as it feels on Sunday morning? It's the best sleep on Sunday morning. Sure. You go, it's just me. No, it's all of us. Every one of us has that. Until you dominate it, until you say, it doesn't matter how good it is. It doesn't matter if I had slept in four days. I will perish if I don't get the word in today. If I don't get the now word, then it, then, then my troubles are just going to be let out of the stall, let out of the corral. Just The horses are just, they knock down the fence and they're just running wild. If I don't get the word in me and stirred up. Because after church, you go home, you go, bless God. Give me a devil. Bring me a devil. I'm fixing the torch one with my faith. Give me a trouble. I mean, not really, but really. Amen. Well, it says here in Romans chapter 4. Let's just start at verse 17. This is about Abraham. Abraham's called the father of faith because he did some things by faith. He's, uh, the word says in uh, verse 17, as it is written. Paul's telling the church at Rome, you know how it's written. I have made thee a father of many nations. And you can look in your margin, wherever that is. Genesis 17, 5, my margin says, God told Abraham, I've made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God. Okay, it's going to talk about God. What does God do? He quickeneth the dead. Aren't y'all glad? We got born again because we were dead in our trespasses and sin, and he quickened us. He made us alive in Christ. And what else does he do? God calleth those things which be not as though they were there is the contradiction solver I got a contradiction in my life. I gave last sunday i'm 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 believing god i 'm in i'm i'm invested in the kingdom, but i can't pay my rent it's Thursday, and the rent's due tomorrow. What am I going to do there's a contradiction, so our default is to go find Uncle Jack and say jack, I need a hundred i'm i'm I gave in the church Sunday and I can't pay my rent. There's a contradiction there. Well, sure there is. Because the, the world of the of the of the, the where the finances are is controlled by the devil. Doesn't he have power over the money systems? Doesn't he? Sure he does. Get my 17 lesson series on that if you don't have it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But the, but the realm of faith is in the Word. So we, eventually, eventually, you can't go find Uncle Jack. Eventually, you have to just stand your ground. The Word says. The Word says. They're not going to kick you out the first day or the second day or the third day. And if you'll get in faith, if you'll master the contradiction and say, your Word says, Father, your Word says, and then read him his Word. Himself became. So that I might be. And we master the country. Instead of wilting, ah, $100. I'm a covenant man. When we take the offering here in a minute, I'm going to give a tithe. I forgot to give my tithe about three weeks ago. And I found it yesterday. Well, I already have a new tithe. I got some yeah buddy tithe this morning. I'm fixing to give it. I'm fixing to enforce or affirm on my side, not on his side, that I am a covenant man. And there are certain things that are locked up in God that cannot be violated unless I let them by. Now, if I say I'm a poor man, if I say this thing may not work out, then absolutely my word is going to prevail. The last man standing is doing the commanding. The last thing you said out of your mouth about any subject is what's running the system right now. It's the IOS of whatever your life is, is whatever you said last. Looks like we ain't going to make it. That's what's running your life right now. I gave, and it's being given to me. My God shall supply. That's the last word I got coming out of my mouth. That's the IOS that I'm working on. Is it IOS or just OS? It'd just be OS, operating system, whatever it is. We got we to get on God's operating system where our words, based on a heart that believes, faith is down here, is running my life. I'm changing the scene realm with what I put out in the unseen realm. You can't mess with that. You can't just say, well, I'm going to try it. You've got to put everything in. You've got to put everything in. A, a double-minded man does not put everything in. He, he says, I believe I'm healed. Nelda, call the doctor and get me an appointment in case this stuff don't work. Nelda needs to be sure and get you a good time slot because you are going. You understand what I'm saying? A double-minded man gets nothing. It's not like, well, maybe it'll be better. No, it's not going to be any better. It's nothing. You're, it's the light switch. We could do light switches this morning. It's all the way on or all the way off. There's no, there's no holding it in between. It gets dim. It's on or it's off. Your faith is either on or it's off. Now, here's what I want to bring this morning. Instead of waiting for a crisis instead of waiting to see if God will send the money for you to pay the rent after you gave Sunday, you have to get on the offense. You got to what the Bible calls live by faith. Point yourself with me and say, live by faith. Not get bailed out by faith, live by faith. So every day you got to get up and you got to stir up the Word inside of you. You can't wait until... until Until you got thrown overboard and you're looking for somebody to send you a a safety, a rescue craft, you got to live every day. You're sitting there eating cheesy eggs. That's what my bride fixes for me all the time. They're marvelous. I didn't even know what cheesy eggs were until all of a sudden I was introduced. And so uh, in in the morning I had bacon on it and had, uh, oh, it's just great where I live. Hallelujah. (laughs) It's real great. Hallelujah. I'm doing good. So you, you can't, you just can't have, you, on that day, when everything's good, got a job, you got your babies all in school and everybody's feeling good and, uh, and you, you, you got a new dress, you got a new pair of shoes, you got your motorcycle or whatever, you, everything's going good and you're out there, you're out, listen, listen, you're out there saying, in the name of Jesus, I decree and declare a thing and it shall be established unto me. Well, what are you doing that for? Everything's fine. I'm living by faith. I'm not waiting for trouble to live by faith. You can't live by faith if you wait till trouble comes. You can get rescued by faith, but usually you have to get somebody to come around and help bail you out. You can't do it by yourself unless you're in faith all the time. Most of the time. Regularly. Are we in? This is the truth. Okay, verse 18, then we'll quit. I guess we've got to quit. Uh, so he talks about God, he, he quickens the dead, he resurrects us, he, he puts life in the dead and calls things that be not as though they were. So it's okay, it's scriptural for us to, to say, I am the healed and be thrown up every 13 minutes. You go, that's not right, that's a contradiction. Master the contradiction. Is it the truth of the word or the fact of how you feel? They're contradicting. Almost everybody throws out the word. Well, if God was true, you know, I wouldn't feel like this. He is true. And you feel like this because you're not in faith. And it says, who against, this is Abraham, who against hope, that's talking about natural hope. This, the word in the Greek is natural expectation. Who against natural expectation believed in supernatural expectation. Did you get that? He discounted how he felt. He was 100 years old and had no kids, and God had said, we're going to have children. And that was hard on him. It was real hard on Sarah. And it was hard on everything. There was a contradiction. And the story that we read about Abraham is where Abraham mastered the contradiction. He definitely didn't have any children. He was definitely 100 years old before he did, and he went through 25 years of no kids. But yet God had said, do you see the star, son? Do you see the sands in the sea, son? That's how many kids you're going to have. And every year, he went to his birthday, and he had no kids. And if you look in Genesis, he complained to God. And God said, I said it, and that's the way it's going to be. When you agree with me, we'll see these kids. It's not going to happen without you, Abraham, agreeing with me, God. Everybody's like, well, I want God to do something. It's in his word that he'll do it. We have to agree with God. And faith is the process of agreeing with God. You go, well, I agree with God. Sure we do. On a casual, mental assent basis, we all say nothing's impossible to God. But your impossibility is going to talk to you and say, we ain't never getting out of this. We're never going to beat this. That's what he had right here. Verse 19 he said, and, not being, and being not weak in faith, so what does it look like when you're not weak in faith? Here it is. He considered not his own body, now dead. He took the contradiction that he had a dead body, but yet God said, I'm going to quicken you. He considered not his own body. So right now, let's just consider your life, your, your situation, your circumstances. What are you facing? that it looks like, It looks like it's dead. There's something in your life that that needs to be alive, but it's graveyard dead. It looks like a rock on the ground. It looks like an iron post. It does not have life. There is nothing sparking. Well, that's because it's not hurting you yet. It's a dream you have. It's a desire you want. It's something that's in your future that you say, I really would like for God to bring that and I'm being as good as I can. I'm just trying to think pure thoughts and in the offering and, and go to church the best I can, and I just don't know why God won't do something for me because all of that's none of that's agreeing with God. Agreeing with God says, I have it. I spoke to the mountain, said, Be thou removed, be thou cast to sea, and I do not any more doubt in my heart, but I believe that the things I say shall come to pass. Therefore, Not I will have, the word says, I have whatever I say. And then verse 24 of Mark 11 says, What things soever ye desire, when you pray, believe that ye receive them. Believe you receive them when? When you pray. And then Jesus said, and ye shall have them. There's a contradiction. You don't have them, but you're believing you do have them. But you don't have them. Because there's a time lapse between you believe you have them And you see them. There's a time lapse. There's a contradiction period. And we hate that. But it's how faith works because you're moving stuff out of the unseen realm into the seen realm. And there's almost always a time lapse. Miracles are defined as things with no time lapse. You go, what's a miracle? No time lapse. Somebody believed it and it appears immediately. But everything else about healing was it amended. The power went, and the body started lining up and getting better. Your money starts getting better. Your job, your job gets better. Well, I wanted it the first day. Well, yeah, that's called a miracle. And we have them, and they're good, but that's not the way that our faith works. That's the way that somebody else intervening in a crisis works or in a demonstration thing where people get out of wheelchairs and such. But you've got to separate those. Not everything is instant. You've got to work your faith. You've got to get it. But if you'll do it every day, if you'll, wait, if you'll not wait till crisis, you'll have supernatural things, which now are natural because we're, we're just naturally supernatural, so that the supernatural is our natural. Deborah Ann talked about, well, we've seen legs grow out. She, she even kind of mocked that to think, that ain't no big deal. It's happened here at River Church. But you bring that over to the church next door, and that, <laughs> they, that, that might not be their natural. But it is our natural here, isn't it? And so we got to get the things that are supernatural to be our natural. Where it's like, oh, we ain't got no money in the bank. And we, we believe God for $200,000. Ah, dollars he will be here. Because I prayed. Let me read this to you. First John 5 says, This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, this is 1 John 5, 14, he heareth us, and if we know that he hear us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions we have desired of him. So faith is the process of agreeing with God. I believe God heals, I sure do, and I believe God meets needs. But then you'll, 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 you'll listen to that fellow that said that, and a little bit he will say, well, you know, God gives us a head to have sense to do things. He doesn't want us just going off there doing crazy stuff. You'll always hear why stuff doesn't work for people. If you listen long enough, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will tell the whole story. Don't ever think that somebody's in faith and it's not working. They're either in faith and it is working, or they're not in faith and it's not working. But the two... Always line up. When you're in faith, it's working, and when you're not in faith, it's not working. You go, well, I'm mostly in faith. Ah, an unstable man. A man that did not master the contradiction. He doesn't have anything. A long wait. People say, well, God waits till the last minute. No, what happens is, is we wait till the last minute, and finally we give in to God, and and start crying out to God, and God, I, you know, and we, we get real with God instead of just putting out, well, if he wants me to have it, he'll send it. That is lie trash. That is lie trash. That's junk mess. It's just not true. It's just not, it's not our Bible. And God doesn't have to do anything based on us. He finishes everything he starts. But he doesn't have to finish anything you start. If you start something in faith based on the Word of God, he considers that he started that you read his word to him you said in your word lord by your stripes i am healed you started this you have to finish it he's a man or a god of his word and he'll finish it but if you say lord i want a pink cadillac on six of them he didn't start that he's, he doesn't have to do anything he won't do anything are y'all with me this morning praise god well, I'm going to finish this one verse just because we're already there, and then we'll, let you, we'll take up an offering and be going. Okay, in verse 19, it says, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead. So he considered not his fact circumstances that the doctor said was true. Well, your your levels are elevated, and this thing is always going to go this way, and, and the, you, you know, they always have what is true. What is truly recorded, but it's not the truth to a Christian. He, uh, when he was about a hundred years old, yet neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He, verse twenty. Let's read twenty together. Can y'all read that with me? Is it on the screen? Yeah. Just read that with me. Ready? Read. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Verse twenty-one and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to to perform. Yeah, I need to read here. So there it is right there. There's a contradiction. And Abraham said, I am solving the contradiction. I'm going to agree with heaven. I'm going to agree with God. Even though it's wonky, it's out of whack, nobody believes it, it can't happen naturally speaking. This thing is so far out, I'm I'm a 100 years old and you said I'm having a kid and that he's going to have a whole herd of people and uh, God, there is nothing in me that says, I know how that's going to happen. There's nothing. And when you get over there and just settle it and say, but it is happening and he is using me and I don't feel too righteous and I don't feel too worthy and I don't feel too qualified and I don't feel like my track record's good enough for God to use. Mary, the mother of Jesus, had that same thing. But instead of just saying, oh, God, she said, be it done unto me according to your word. Read it. It's in Luke. When Gabriel visited Mary and he said, you're going to have God's baby. You're going to give the word a body. And no man's going to be involved. She said, be it done unto me. So when you go to the promises and you say, you get in there by his stripes, ye were healed. And you get in there. He supplies all my need. Here's what you got to say. Be it done unto me according to your word. Not according to my bank account. Not according to my daddy's genes and what he died of. And and according to, according to, according to. Be it done unto me according to your word. I agree with your word, Lord. I agree with your word. And I'm hot on it. I'm not going to just say one and done. I saw the promise. I heard the preacher. I said amen. Now where is it? I'm going to go home and I'm going to look this up and I'm going to put it in, and I'm going to have a basis for what I believe. Everybody I know, ah, just practically, they don't have a basis for what they believe. Well, why are, you, why are you believing this? Well, I just believe God wants me to have it. Well, what's your, what's your, what's your legal standing? Well, I don't have any legal standing. I just believe God, you know, he, he, he could do it if he wanted to. It's going to be a long time getting that to happen. You've got to go to God and say, be it done unto me according to your word. What's your word? Himself bear my sins in his own body on the tree, that I, having died to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes I was healed. Be it done unto me according to your word. Faith, faith works. but you've got to work faith. Everybody wants faith to work, but they don't want to work faith. They want to say, you know, I'm really busy, Lord. I've I got a birthday party to go to this afternoon. Amen. Amen. Oh, that was good. I'm going to get the tape of that. Hallelujah. I'm just kidding you. Well, let's receive our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. I'm not even going to.